Batman Universe Podcast, episode number 66. I'm your host, Dustin, and today I have with me... This is Donovan. And this is John. Donovan is joining us from the Comic Cast as Nick and Josh are taking a little bit of a vacation this week. Well, this month, actually. So, uh, what do we do on this podcast? Well, we cover movie, TV, merchandise, video game, and general news for the month of May, specifically in this episode. And, of course, we always have a spotlight character and a feature... So our spotlight character for this episode is Catman, and we will go over him later. We will also have a small little, well, I shouldn't say small, because it's definitely not going to be small, rumor mill for The Dark Knight Rises. There's uh, tons of stuff that's been going on with The Dark Knight Rises, because filming has begun on the film. And our feature, well, I'm going to leave that as a surprise. Uh, We're calling it Odds and Ends for right now, so we'll uh, get to that later in the podcast towards the end. So let's get right into movie news. Hello, baby, you're a real cute trick. Hello there, boy wonder. Oh, who's your friend? What's it to you, fella? What? Get out of my way or I'll give you a fat lift. What have you done to him, you little banshee? Come on, gorgeous. Now that I have dispensed with your men, Catwoman, your turn has come. Not yet, Batman. Robin? Yeah. (laughs) Slay the blue dragon. Groovy. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, yes. few things as far as news goes for the entire month but uh we do have some of course especially with the dark knight rises filming in movie news the first thing we have comes on may 19th warner brothers released a official press release for the dark knight rises stating that production has begun in the in the press release it basically lays out all of the cast we already knew were in the film um the cast that was previously announced such as anne hathaway tom hardy marion cotillard uh, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, as well as returning cast members Michael King, Christian Bale, Gary Oldman, and Morgan Freeman. Those were the only cast members they did mention. Um, not really anything that came out of this, other than they did state that the locations for The Dark Knight Rises will go will be filming over three different continents, to including to include the American cities of Pittsburgh, New York, and Los Angeles, as well as India, England, and Scotland. Scotland's kind of the new one on there because we were unaware that he was going to be doing anything in Scotland. Um, 
in my opinion, the only thing that kind of is a downer is that uh, Chicago is not going to be on this list of sites that he's going to be filming it. Um, I've never been to Scotland, but I think Scotland has very scenic. Uh, I believe it's. I think I know that like in Batman Begins, the Wayne Manor shots were in England or the UK generally, so they might be using that for a return for Wayne Manor, hopefully. Yeah, I can. I I love Scotland, and I've been there on holiday loads of times, and it is really scenic. So I think they're probably going to go for a new Wayne Manor, and that's probably why they're going up there. Um, Glasgow or Edinburgh doesn't really much look like Gotham, so I don't think they're going for any kind of other shots than that. But I am surprised Chicago's not on that list, uh, considering the other two films were filmed in Chicago. Yeah, it's definitely a surprise. We have a little bit more about uh, the Scotland filming when we get to the rumor mill because there has been some stuff as far as what will be f- being filmed in Scotland. Oh, yeah. But the uh, next thing we've got comes on May 20th. The first image of Bane was revealed. Now, if you haven't seen the image, I'm not sure I'm not sure if you listen to this podcast regularly enough, but uh, you should be going over to the website to check the stuff out every day when we post up the news. But on May 20th, the first step in what is expected to be the next vital marketing campaign kicked off to show off Tom Hardy as Bane. But the question is, how did we get to that image? Well, it all started on the official website, which is thedarknightrises.com. And basically, there was a black screen and audio file playing. Further deduction uh, revealed that the audio file was people chanting, and that was actually a code. A user over at Superhero Hype found out that the audio was providing the following phrase. The number sign, the fire rises no spaces. Now that's a Twitter hash and by heading over to Twitter and posting it in your account, the account at the Fire Rises messaged you back with a link back to the official website and hashtag art was found creating an image of Tom Hardy as Bane. Once enough people tweeted the phrase, the final image appeared. So Donovan kind of found out about this ahead of time and then he texted me and let me know about it and I jumped on, I jumped on it right away and then uh, by the time I got on, there was well more than enough people that, uh, that this image was already revealed. But this is definitely not the, the version of Bane that you'd be seeing in the comics. Um, they're definitely going for a little bit different approach, but that's what Nolan does with his characters. He still has a mask, but it's not a luchador mask. And based on what they've shown, he, he's not going to be having tubes run into his head to shoot up venom through his veins. But this is definitely an interesting take on the character. I've got to say that. It certainly you can certainly look at it and tell that it is Bane. It's a big guy, pretty muscular, not not um, obnoxiously so, but he's he's very big, very muscular. He has a black mask, and all you can see really is is, is his eyes. Which, um, if I were to assume, it maybe maybe the Venom compounds going to be going in uh, 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 gas form through his mouth. Possibly. I mean, obviously, they could always play it as though he's not, he's just a big guy who uh, is smart and, and lifts a lot of weights. But if we're going on the idea that this is Bane, this, this, that's the kind of, um, that's kind of some assumptions that we're t- we are prone to make. But I think it looks good. I I woke up one morning and the, the, um, the, the Twitter thing was all over the internet. 
and I heard I heard the audio file, which I could not make out what was being said. And but you know, this being the internet and the day we live in, the image is already ra rapidly found. So I found the image of Bane, and I was I was impressed. I I think it was fine. I mean, it doesn't look um, as radically different as Heath Ledger's Joker did when his image was first released, but it still looks good. I mean, it's definitely something to uh, to be invested in when going to see the movie. Yeah, the picture looks awesome. I, I'm I'm not surprised that they haven't got the the tubes that shoot venom uh, into Bane. I don't think that was ever going to be really Chris Nolan's style, but I still think it looks brilliant. And I think Bane's actually slightly improved by not having the Luchador mask, by having the kind of gas mask that he's got. It looks more industrial, more kind of homemade and it, I, I really like that. I was a bit annoyed though that I found out because people had basically hacked the site and then just got the picture which kind of annoyed me. Um, I was like well I did all this work and you've hacked it. It's kind of ruined it so I'm hoping people won't do that for the rest of the viral marketing and let the fans find the stuff on their own. Yeah th thank you internet interesting about the this viral marketing and John mentioned the hack thing that happened this the, we'll talk about this a little bit during the rumor mill but I'm gonna bring it up now just because it's an interesting point to talk about the hack part of it the this this uh, twist or first element of the viral marketing campaign was not done by the same um, firm that was doing the why so serious campaign for the Dark Knight which was 42 Entertainment. This one was specifically done by Warner Brothers, as numerous sources stated online that this was done by Warner Brothers. The fact that it was hacked so quickly and so easily within the short amount of time that this entire thing happened on that Friday leads me to believe that hopefully someone in Warner Brothers realized to themselves, hey, maybe uh, we should leave this to somebody who does this for their for a living and leave it to them and let them do the viral marketing the last viral marketing was successful let's not mess with it and try to do it ourselves do we really think we can do something as good as they did with the first one because that's the one thing i think is going to be a huge downfall for at least hardcore fans like ourselves if the viral marketing campaign isn't as abundant as the Why So Serious campaign was with The Dark Knight. Now, obviously, there's going to have to be some things that change because, you know, there's the Joker's not involved and a lot of the stuff that had to do with the viral marketing campaign had to do with the Joker. But when we also think about it, there's a lot of other things that did not have to do with the Joker. There was this big thing having to do with the corruption within the Gotham Police Department. There was a lot of things having to do with the Harvey Dent campaign. And then there was also a lot to do towards the end of the viral marketing about uh, Citizens for Batman and the fake Batman rising up to assist Batman with all the crime stuff that's going on in Gotham City. So there's plenty of different elements that they can take from the film and turn it into a part of this viral marketing campaign. I hope that whatever ends up happening, if Warner Brothers does decide to continue to do the viral marketing for the film, I just hope that they do as good of a job as we had in the past. And the problem is I find that very difficult for them to do since this isn't something that they normally do. And on top of that, it's going to be more difficult than what you could have done with the Joker. So I, in my opinion, they should take this hack from the 
the first element of the viral marketing campaign and say, hey, you know what, let's leave this to 42 Entertainment and let them do the job that we hired them to do a couple years back since they did such a great job. I agree. The only way they could possibly make this better is if they had planned for the internet to hack it all along, which I don't think that a Hollywood production company like Warner Brothers is that alien, for lack of a better phrase. I really do think that it is not a bad idea, but I, I, I think it is not a preferable idea for Warner Brothers to be doing this as opposed to 42 Entertainment because, like you said, that's their game. That's, that's what they are known as. Warner Brothers needs to just concentrate on promoting the, the movie through, through more conventional means, really. I agree with you guys. I hope Warner kind of goes, do you know what, we tried, we failed, we'll give it back to 42 Entertainment. Because last time, it, it was amazing. Um, I mean, I was following it through you guys on the podcast, and, you know, they had promotions on the inside of pizza boxes, last-minute announcements of, if you turn up, it'll symbols will appear on the side of buildings and things like that and if Warner Brothers try and do that I'm sure they'll do it well but I've got a funny feeling it'll probably get hacked and I don't want I kind of want that element of surprise for hard-working fans to be rewarded rather than some fat nerds sat on a computer who can type codecs and break into the internet and kind of ruin it for everybody you know I mean one of the things that I that we we do need to consider is that Twitter was not what it is now back in 2007-2008 when the viral marketing was at its peak for the Dark Knight. The Fire Rises was a trending topic when this whole thing was happening and someone will click on that and see what's going on and then they'll get in on it too. And I mean Twitter will be an element that I'm sure will come into effect with the Dark Knight Rises viral marketing campaign if if they choose to do so but it seems as if based on the first thing that they did, Twitter's going to become a lot bigger element. So that leads me to my plug. Make sure you're following us, Batman Universe, <laughs> on Twitter, because we're always posting up all kinds of stuff related to what's going on with the film and obviously everything else. All right, so the last bit of movie news we've got actually takes us back to what we were talking about a little earlier, uh, some Scotland shooting for The Dark Knight Rises. There was an article that was posted in a newspaper called The Daily Record that states that The Dark Knight Rises is in fact filming in Scotland, which we already knew, but they, they explained a little bit about what exactly is going to be happening. It turns out Glasgow is going to be transformed into Gotham City. Now you may be saying, huh? Especially after John's comments about, well, it doesn't really seem like it would be Gotham City. But uh, as, it, as it turns out... This is what the article said. Nolan, who previously used Chicago to depict Gotham, wanted to use several different locations to create a Gotham nobody would recognize. A source revealed he plans to use various cities to provide a mashup of what Gotham will look like. Glasgow was a location scouted for the last film, The Dark Knight, though in the end it wasn't used. This time, Chris has already has several scenes in mind. The city center architecture is hugely impressive, but he will be filming in secret. So this basically leads to, that's the idea, you know, even though Gotham City was Chicago the last, for the last two films, this actually I find is a much in, more interesting idea, despite the fact that it doesn't involve Chicago, because the, the mashup of a bunch of different cities, we've heard Pittsburgh, New York, LA, um, London, 
now Glasgow, all these different cities, you take different elements of their city center and you mash them into to make a city which turns out to be Gotham City would be much much more interesting, I think, than just using a city that exists. I find it very odd, personally, that they're going to basically combine several cities of the world to make one gigantic fictional city. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I don't think I've ever heard that being done before in a movie. And because there were specific points in the previous two movies where you could recognize spots, like from like from Batman Begins, like the big chase scene in The Dark Knight, you can recognize certain spots from uh, the chase scene in Batman Begins. So I'm hoping that maybe they, well, I guess it's too late to say, well, actually we will fail some, film some in Chicago, but just for a sense of familiarity and continuity, I hope it's not too jarring, because I don't want to like watch the movie and have the place be different every single sh- outside shot they, they have. Optim- cautiously optim- optimistic. But I'm intrigued why um, Glasgow City Centre is quite modern um there aren't many kind of gothic-esque buildings that we saw in the last one so i mean maybe he is going for something more maybe this is a more upmarket side of of gotham because that's what glasgow city center is it's it's a lot more modern buildings um whereas edinburgh is gothic architecture it's very heavily victorian so there's mock gothic churches and things like that and that you saw in the last one so I'm actually quite intrigued now that he's he said that and it makes me wonder wh- what what's going to happen and, and where it's going to appear and, and what it's going to hold because it seems really quite surprising but you know it might work really well I hope it does because Glasgow's a lovely place and it's lovely people so it would be pretty funny if, if uh, Commissioner Gordon was like with somebody isn't it crazy how Gotham's changed in the past couple of months and it's like completely different? <laughs> there seems to be more Scottish people everywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Immigration's out of control now. <laughs> Alright, so that is all the movie news. Of course, we'll get into a little bit more movie stuff when we talk about the rumors later on after general news. But next up, we have TV news. The gentleman ghost picked a good night for this caper. On May 3rd, the World's Finest obtained a trade ad for the first release of Young Justice on DVD. The first release will consist of the first four episodes and hit stores in July. And then on May 4th, Warner Brothers actually shared the details for Volume 1, stating that there will be it will be exactly what we expected, Season 1, Volume 1, which is the first four episodes, which is Independence Day Part 1, Independence Day Part 2, Welcome to Happy Harbor, and Drop Zone. All the characters from the show obviously will make an appearance. But the interesting thing about this is it continues to play into them doing these volumes. And personally, the volumes last lasted for the Batman Brave and the Bold for about the first season. And then once they started releasing the actual seasons, they stopped putting the volumes out. With Young Justice only having aired, I think it's eight or nine episodes at this point, and not aired anymore... It's interesting to me that they're releasing already a volume one. This show has had great ratings, so it's not like they're trying to put it out to feel the home video market to see if they can continue to do it. It's already got another season pickup from Cartoon Network, so not real sure why this is occurring so quickly. It will release on July 19th of this year. 
I guess it's, this is a sign of changing times. I don't really like how before the season's done, they already they already announced there's gonna be another season and they make a DVD sales and everything. I know I know it's all done for the bottom dollar. It seems false that like they don't really rely on the reactions of people. They just kind of shell these things out. I mean, and and the season's not even done with, and they're already making all these these decisions. It's it's very it's very um, annoying and. I don't understand the point of it, to be honest. I don't understand why they do it besides just to annoy people and kind of, like, have them buy bit by bit. Because I know we, we've talked about the Brave and the Bold DVD uh, format and how that how that's really bad. But I wish, I, I wish Warner Brothers would kind of stop doing this. I think it's to keep trying to keep ahead of the, the Internet pirates because, obviously, you know, people can download an episode on a website. All you have to do is Google it. And it comes up, and they can they can do it the day after the show's aired. So I think by trying to release it in volumes, you know, you know, four or five at a time, they're trying to get the episodes out there so people buy them on DVDs and do it through legal methods. Because obviously, if it's obviously you can do them through iTunes, um, but that's not as good quality as a actual DVD. So I th- I think that's why they're trying to do it. It just comes over as we're trying to squeeze you for as much money as possible because people will buy the volumes and then they'll buy the box set and then they'll buy the complete box set and it just well, what's comes interesting back. about that is even even you know with that reasoning you know they're trying to get ahead of the pirates well if the DVD comes out then there's great quality footage that the pirates are getting and shimming out to the world so I don't know that that, that really helps the situation is that anything then there's more versions of the good footage online because you know once one person gets it from the DVD then it spreads like wildfire alright so then the next bit of news was on May 5th Warner Brothers sent over details for the next episode of Batman Brave and the Bold it was called Scorn of the Star Sapphire the teaser shows Batman teaming with Wonder Woman and the main episode shows Batman teaming with Hal Jordan to work down or to take down Star Sapphire. Now, this episode was supposed to air on the 20th. Days after they sent this email, they also then they sent another email saying it was going to air on May 27th, only to find out that on May 25th, the world's finest reported that Cartoon Network has delayed all new episodes of Batman Brave and the Bold and Young Justice. We also know that the episode was promoted by DC Comics as well as um, TVGuide.com featuring an exclusive clip featuring Wonder Woman and Batman. But uh, there was an episode of Young Justice that was supposed to air on June 3rd. That one is also delayed. Um, And there is no clear information as to why these series continue to be delayed. And of course we're left wondering when we will ever see these characters in new episodes not any new episodes for Batman Brave and the Bold or Young Justice in the month of May. I do know that the uh, that the uh, Scourge of the Star Sapphire is available on iTunes because I saw it um, being offered there and I'm going to get it as soon as this episode is done. But I, I suppose it, is, it could be to um, save off the pirates. But And I, I, I guess if I want to give copies the benefit of the doubt, then that should be the reason. But it just seems like they want to uh, just milk as much money out, out of the out of the consumer as much as possible, and while that's perfectly uh, fine from a capitalism standpoint, I suppose it's just kind of frustrating from somebody who wants to see this stuff. Well, not only that, but we also have to factor in 
this episode's coming out on iTunes before it's airing on Cartoon Network. That's bringing down the ratings for the show itself. And then on top of that, we also know that Batman Brave and the Bold has aired a number of episodes that the North American stations have not aired, as we've, we know that there was a like a half musical episode featuring the Birds of Prey that was aired in Australia that never made it over here because of something they had to change with the animation. There was also um, a number of other episodes that aired in the UK before they aired over here just because they don't all work on the same schedule. So Cartoon Network dictates when America's seen these episodes. But at the same point, we have Warner Brothers releasing some of the episodes on iTunes beforehand. It's just like... Why don't they just try to get everything down on the same line instead of if they really if if it has anything to do with the pirates then it makes little sense because if an episode's airing in one territory before another territory chances are people who are going to want to watch the episode are going to go to the sites to get the episode before it actually airs exactly. which in turn is going to ruin the ratings for when it actually does air. So you would think they would try to get these episodes on the air as soon as possible instead of waiting. Exactly, because like that 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 birds of prey thing, um, I I don't, I, don't, I forgot if it's on iTunes or not. I'm not seeing it, but I know it was on YouTube for a little bit before um, Warner Brothers took it down. So I, I don't know. It's almost as if Cartoon Network and Warner Brothers have kind of lost interest in Batman: The Brave and the Bold. They're just kind of going, oh, it doesn't really matter when we put episodes out or where we <laughs> put them out. We don't care anymore. And to be fair, judging from the first four episodes of season three, I can understand why they've lost interest. They were with oh, one exception. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I thought that was a good episode. But the, the the thing that's that's interesting is if here's the thing: they haven't lost it. Cartoon Network hasn't lost interest because when they announced their 2011-2012 uh, lineup for next season, they said that they were they did a new season order for Batman: Brave and the Bold. But that contradicted everything that Warner Brothers said last year at San Diego. Yep. That they were making the last season of Batman Brave and the Bold because they were going to hit the magic number of episodes where the episodes could, you know, they could be syndicated, and then the, that was it. They weren't they weren't getting canceled. They just they weren't going to make any more new episodes. They made enough. That's what they said. Then we find out that season three starting in the middle of 2011. And there's, with the magic number, there was only remaining 13 episodes to air. So, they aired the first four. Now we're down to nine episodes left, and this is supposed to take us all the way through 2012. So, to start airing these new, new episodes now, what, what are we going to be seeing next year? There's not going to be anything new. Unless Cartoon Network have suddenly realized that and gone, Oh, we don't actually have any more episodes. Warner Brothers have gone, we're not making any, we're not interested in making any more, we've got new stuff, because they've got the the Batman TV series, so they're probably focusing on that, and so uh, maybe Cartoon Network have just gone, well, we'll release them in chunks and try and drag this out over a year, which I wouldn't put past them, to be honest. Well, well they did that back in, like, I remember Justice League and the Justice League Unlimited, I know they, uh, they aired the first season of that straight through. And then there, I think, like the first episode of the second season held off for several months. And I remember, like, like the end of the, that second season being online and being like, shown everywhere except for North America. And I had no idea why because I was younger back then. But <laughs> like, like they've they've done this since I think since Justice League, where they had like a bunch of DC animated shows premiere on Cartoon Network. So maybe it is a Cartoon Network thing specifically. 
I mean, they have no problem airing the older episodes with the newer episodes. It's not Cartoon Network who's sending out the information when the epi- new episodes are airing. It's Warner Brothers trying to promote the new episodes when they're airing. And that's even when they they actually do that. That that has been few and far between recently as well. So, I mean, obviously Cartoon Network has a bunch of stuff on their plate that they are focusing a lot more on, as well as Warner Brothers in general. Uh, the emails that they're sending out to us that are you know promoting Batman Brave and the Bold are also promoting other shows at the same time. The new Looney Tunes show, which I believe just started this month as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> we also have the Mad Show, which continues to air new episodes, and they've got other shows down the line that are starting soon too. That I've already started to see a bunch of stuff promoting those shows. Um, Thundercats is coming this fall, as well as uh, the Green Lantern animated series. So. I mean, there's other things that they're concerned about, and if this show is is really going to end, it's going to end not on a high note, it's going to end probably on a very low note, because they're going to try to divert all their focus to the other properties, which I understand completely. I mean, and for the most part, you don't really have to sell a Batman show. Somebody sees Batman, and they don't have to sell it, most of the time at least. But uh, the last bit of TV news we have is on May 25th, Warner Brothers sent us a press release for Justice League Season 2. Now, this is the original Justice League, not Justice League Unlimited. Season 2 will be released on Blu-ray on July 26th. Now, we already knew this. It, we we learned this back in April, and we talked about it last episode, but they actually sent over the press release. And the only change is that there is actually a, going to be a new feature on the Blu-ray version, which is going to focus on the Justice Lords. It will be an in-depth exploration of the alternate reality concept the use of the, this physical theory in the DC Comics universe and the alternate Earth created in the fan-favorite Justice League episode, A Better World. So that will be a new bonus feature on the Blu-ray, which, in my opinion, that's kind of an odd situation because we, most of the time when the shows do get released on Blu-ray years afterwards, we don't really see these new, new, new special features. When Justice League, all five seasons of the Justice League show with Justice League and Justice League Unlimited when they all got combined into a complete series and we received that from Warner Brothers to, to you know hype and talk about there was no special feature the extra special features and honestly that was to me the only downfall of the complete series was I love the series Justice League and Justice League Unlimited were, were a great series and I wish they would have been on the, been on TV for a lot longer but to combine a series together and try to market it as, hey, we have all these episodes that are together under one box, we're going to charge somewhere in the neighborhood of like $100 for this, <laughs> you would expect something new for fans who have already ha- who already have the DVD, the individual DVD sets. And that's, that's the issue that I run into in my mind is, at least with the Blu-ray version of this, they're, they're, they're doing it smart and they're having something new on there. You're right. It's very questionable why they're doing this because there are other ways to see the series. The reason for buying the set, I'm not sure if it's going to be solely on this special featurette, unless it's like an hour-long featurette thing, which would be awesome. But even still, you can you would probably find that on the online bootleg illegally because it's the internet. Um, I mean, I would like to get it. It would be cool to have that in one set, but can I really justify the money over buying cartoons that I already own for one thing? It, it's very, it's very, it's a very questionable thing that I'm not sure Warner Brothers really gets when they're trying to fill people out of their out of their bottom dollar. I've got these all these episodes on iTunes, so I'm I I don't think I'm even going to pick it, bother looking at it. To be honest, because I'm in the UK, 
there's only going to be about four copies floating around the entire of England anyway, so there's no point. I'd rather have more copies come over into Europe than I would a new feature, because there's not much point really in the new feature. But more Blu-ray DVDs over here, more money for Warner Brothers, but they haven't quite worked that out yet. I'm not bitter about this at all. Alright, speaking of money, let's get into merchandise news. Où est Robin? Robin? Tu connais un Robin, toi? Il veut sans doute parler de notre Jay! Ah, mais oui! C'est bien sûr! The very first thing we've got comes on May 11th. Mattel revealed images of the two of two different lines of action figures packaged. This includes Wave 17 of DC Universe Classics and Young Justice. Out of the two lines, there was two different packages that featured Batman Universe characters. The first one being Yellow Lantern or Sinestro Corps Scarecrow in Wave 17 from the DC Universe Classics and a Young Justice 2-pack featuring Batman and Robin. So you can check those pictures out online. Next up, on May 16th, our friends over at ArkhamCity.co.uk came up with across some interesting bit of information that may or may not pan out to be true. It appears that a Japanese toy retailer has listed a two-pack for, for the upcoming Batman Legacy line from Mattel to include both the Batman Arkham City versions of Joker and Robin. Robin? Huh? Well, as far as anyone knows, Robin is not in the game, but if it does end up being true, obviously figures for the appearances by Robin would be a, a well-accepted addition to the Batman Legacy line. You know what that reminds me of? It's like, do you remember back when the when the Tim Burton movies were coming out and they made that uh, for the toy line, they, they uh, made the uh, Robin figure, even though Robin was nowhere in those movies? Yep, yep. That's exactly what it sounds like. I mean, hopefully Robin would show up somehow in Arkham City, that would be awesome. I'm all for that, but like, it's it just sounds like that. Like they're just including him there to make more toys. Fingers crossed for Robin and Arkham City. Even if it's just an appearance, and Batman tells him to go over and do something else somewhere else. But I don't know. I don't think <laughs> it will be. They're playing. All right, we'll talk a little bit more about Robin in Batman Arkham City when we get to video game news. The next thing we've got is May 16th. Hallmark announced the 2011 Batman ornaments. And out of the ornaments, there are two different Batman ornaments coming this year. The first one is Batman Takes Flight, which will be 14.95. This is Batman using his grappling gun. And then we have another version of the 1966 Batmobile. This will be a gold crown exclusive and will play sounds. What sounds, we probably won't know until San Diego Comic-Con, as Hallmark has had a booth in the past. We've gotten images and pictures from that as well. This will be $17.95, so you can add those to your Christmas tree this year, starting in July. They will be in stores. Also on May 16th, DC Direct announced their solicitations for items coming to stores in January of 2012. One Batman-related item this month, and it is a Batman black and white statue, which is a Batman by Sergio Argonis. Mm -hmm. And this is based off of a Batman from the Mad Magazine, so it's kind of like a spoof. It's a classic Mad look. And it will run you ninety dollars. <laughs> oh man, it, ninety dollars of a spoof of a figure. I mean, it's cool in concept. It's just a man, the money. You 
really should learn to keep that fat mouth of yours shut. It'll get you into trouble. Alright, so that is all the merchandise news. Let's get into video game news. Batman Arkham City, we're getting closer to that release, so there's obviously a ton of news. But first up, on May 3rd, we have some news about the DCO, the Make Good plan. Sony has been hit, obviously, with a lot of problems, and for the players of DC Universe Online, it looks like they will be getting a gesture of good faith from Sony Online Entertainment. Sony Online Entertainment posted on their Facebook page the actions that will be taking place to keep gamers' content despite the current issues. There's a plan called the Make Good Plan, and the details are specifically from them. We wanted to provide everyone with a quick update regarding the Make Good Plan you've been reading about. First, all impacted players will receive 30 days subscription credit plus one day for each day the service was unavailable. Also, every impacted player will receive a Batman-inspired mask appearance item. Please bear with us as the complexities of the subscription server dictate how and when this will be available, along with pertinent details. We will be releasing more information this week. Thanks again for your patience. And they have a picture of the mask in both male and female versions online, and you can take a look on the website at that. Now, the last episode we may we, we talked about a little bit Sony's Sony's network has the PlayStation Network was hit pretty bad by some hackers and was down. It did end up coming back about the end of the first week, beginning of the second week of May, and DC Universe Online obviously picked back up. Uh, so for the most part, everybody who had an account prior to uh, the network going down is playing for free as we speak, uh, and they will continue to play for free until sometime in the middle of June. This is kind of one of those things where you know Sony has a has a real big thing that they have to work themselves out of. This uh, this this hack that occurred. It's definitely something that uh, did not do them any good. Um, it, no, it didn't. It, it, a lot of gamers kind of lost their uh, their relationship with Sony, or instantaneously screaming, "I'm going to Xbox" because of this whole thing. <laughs> but you know, John made an interesting point on the uh, the editorials. You know, they're they're doing the, this this free thing for people. You know, you're not. You weren't. You're not entitled to anything. They're trying to make it good, and that's why it's called the Make Good Plan. Is because they know that it was their problem. They're not telling anybody it wasn't their fault. They're saying it was their fault, and they're trying to make it good. So, you know, this is just a small token of their appreciation for you sticking around. In addition to all of the extra days that you're going to be able to play for free. Yeah. Uh, go read the editorial. By the way, it is amazing. Uh, slow plug, but um, yeah, uh, what, I was on the, the the Facebook forums and things like that, and people were going, "Oh, well, we want lifetime subscriptions, and we want months and months of free stuff, and we want all the gadgets now, <laughs> and the end of the storyline, and we want to be told what happens, and we want to be able to take Lex Luthor and steal his costume." They were never going to do that, to be honest. And I think what they've offered is really, really good because I was looking into it uh, in research for the editorial and Sony don't actually have to offer you anything um, if your details get stolen and stuff like that they have a legal responsibility but as far as I can tell this is in the UK definitely and I think it's the same in the USA software isn't actually covered by any consumer law it's a really horrible grey area so 
any loss of access or anything like that, they don't actually have to refund you or make good anything. And the fact that they've given everybody six weeks free, I think is brilliant, and I still have my PlayStation, and I love it. I haven't got DCU online, but that's a different story. <laughs> Alright, so the next thing we've got is on May 4th, there's a couple of little minor news bits about Batman Arkham City. The first thing is that there was a bunch of rumors stating that Batman Arkham City was delayed. It will be coming out two weeks later than originally planned. Um, what's interesting about these rumors is, one, they're false, but the date that the sites are reporting is the new date is October 18th. This is actually the same date that Rocksteady and Warner Brothers announced earlier this year, so the fact that some sites decided to post this news hoping to get some hits, it's kind of sad that they need to do this. But it's even sadder that the, the news that they were posting was really just contradicting themselves because they were reporting the same exact date that was already announced and already all over the place. The other bit of news is that the bat signal will play a large role in the game. According to Rocksteady's community manager Sarah May, the bat signal will be used to direct Batman towards new missions. It will also <clears throat> it will also be able to manually change the position of the signal through the pause menu. So this will be kind of like the location element on the uh, the map and it'll show you the direction you want to travel in based on where you place the bad signal or based on the the next mission that's I I really wonder how that'll how, how that'll be used for great effect I mean that's pretty cool that you can use such an iconic stable in the, in the franchise but off topic or, or off offhand I don't I'm not sure how exactly that'll be utilized to um, so that'll be interesting to see I'm guessing that it's the bat sim uh, it, the bat symbol will be on Gotham Police Headquarters. It'll turn on and you'll go there for probably a major mission. Not you don't have to go back there every time to get your new mission, but it'll turn on. You'll go there and then the commissioner or Commissioner Gordon will go. Oh, the Penguins, you know, attacking. A jewelry store or something like that and then you'll have to go break it up but I think it's a really lovely touch to see the bat symbol in there alright so then a couple of other real quick things to run through May 6 the Arkham City blueprints were revealed we first saw these obviously back in Arkham Asylum but Rocksteady posted them on the official site so they are on our website as well on May 13th IGN posted up a video with Dax Jin about 17 different reasons why Batman Arkham City is awesome. Nothing really new other than we will, in fact, be fighting the Riddler in the game and not just... the Riddler won't be just hiding in the shadows. Um, so that's the quick things. The next thing we've got is pretty big. Previously, we reported a bunch of different rumors about a new Batman video game coming out. And, you know, we, we talked about this in the last episode... But this new video game that could possibly be coming out, we didn't really see as an poss actual possibility, specifically because we had Batman Arkham City coming out. Well, as it turns out, on May 16th, Warner Brothers released a press release stating there is, in fact, a new Batman video game coming out called Gotham City Imposters. This game, there's no release date specifically, but it's going to be specifically a DLC game, and it's going to be available on Xbox Live, and the PlayStation Network. Um, 
we don't know a whole lot other than it is a multiplayer game and it gives the players opportunity to rebel against the conformity as they customize their own characters posing as amateur vigilantes or villains gamers will create their very own bats or jokers characters using unprecedented customization options including insane costumes homebrew gadgets and a wide range of traditional and imagined weapons so Gotham City Imposters, what we, it, it's definitely not going to cost nearly as much as a real game because it's going to be a DLC game. I, I see this maybe being 10 to $20. I can't see them charging much more than this, especially since on May 17th they did show some, uh, they did show some of the characters that you could be playing as. did also say that Batman is not in the game. It will be 4-on-4 competitive multiplayer shooter. The game focuses a lot on customization with ammos, weapons, looks, and skins, and that comes via IGN, because they had a little bit of a preview of the game. Um, a Batman game that's a shooter game, I'm not real sure how that's going to work out. Neither am I. That's the, the only way they can pull up is if you're just chucking batarangs to people, because as we, as, seriously, everyone knows that Batman hates guns, so unless he's like just has, has a big... Like bazooka that just like chucks batarangs at people's heads, because there was a game like that, um, Batman and Robin Adventures on the Sega Genesis. That was a great beat 'em up game, and like the shooter aspect to that, not first person really, but it's like if we were to like, kind of shoot projectiles, it was it was just super batarangs. So I think that's kind of a bad idea for a game, <laughs> just because it's it kind of challenges the very concept of a Batman game in its entirety. The fact that it goes, the game is precipitated precipitated on the fact that he is a character who does not like guns him having a shooter game doesn't make any sense this just sounds a terrible terrible idea um, and it to me sounds like they're cashing in on the DCU oh success um, and to have a Batman game that doesn't feature Batman Screw not it, really yeah. seeing the point of that you know I could create a Batman game that doesn't have Batman in it. I don't think it makes it Batman, somehow. Um, I expect this to bomb and be terrible, and I definitely won't be buying it, ever. Alright, so the next bit of news, on May 19th, Rock City announced that Arlene Sorkin will not be returning to reprise her role as Harley Quinn in Batman Arkham City. Instead, Bat cartoon vet Tara Strong, who, we, who has voiced Batgirl in the past on the animated series, as well as other characters in the animated films will be voicing the Joker's main girl. They also released a short interview, which we're, really, we're not going to cover. You can check it out on the website if you're interested in it, because there's there's not really any news that comes from it. But Arlene Sorkin not returning to Batman Arkham City, that is a shame. Times, times change, and obviously the characters' voices have to change as well. Yeah, that, that, that really surprised me, because she's such an iconic voice that they actually got to return besides Conrad Hamill. Uh, I wonder if she's just sick of the character, <laughs> or she could, or she has some uh, other other uh, business deals that she had to attend to first. But um, I mean, Tara Strong is a great voice actor, so it's a great choice to replace her for this one game. But I, I was definitely kind of shell shocked that she was coming back. Yeah, I think it's a, just a scheduling issue, probably. I'm sure some fans will complain about it somewhere, but I don't really mind. Alright, the next bit we have is on May 20th, Warner Brothers announced their plans for this year's E3 conference, and both Batman Arkham City and the newly announced Gotham City of Monsters will both be in attendance. As far as what will be revealed, we will have to wait and see, but 
The E3, which is the Electronic Entertainment Expo, takes place June 7th through June 9th, 2011, which is only in a very matter of a short time from the time you'll be listening to this episode. So make sure you're keeping your eyes peeled on the website as we bring you all the news from E3 about both of these video games. We're expecting some decent footage of Arkham City possibly revealing some new characters, as well as maybe some new game mechanics, as well as a number of other things, and hopefully we'll finally see some footage of Gotham City Imposters, or maybe even at least a trailer, as we expect that game to be coming out shortly, since it isn't going to be a massive game that requires a ton of time to create. And the, the, the rumors are that it's actually being, it's been made for quite some time. Alright, the next thing we've got comes from May 23rd. A number of things occurred in Batman Arkham City over the weekend of May 21st and May 22nd. A new magazine released in a newspaper in Australia that featured a new image that confirms that Penguin will in fact be in the game. Uh, the paper had a discussion with Dax Ginn about the character, and this is what he had to say. Many people had guessed the Penguin would be featured in the game. One of the early trailers revealed the Iceberg Lounge, this, the trendy nightclub owned by Oswald Cobblepot, a.k.a. the Penguin. He, was definitely, he will definitely be one of the big bads you will face, introduced after you solve one of the Riddler's puzzles. The first thing Penguin does is order his minions to kill Batman, as any self-respected villain would. According to Ginn, putting a slightly different spin on such an established character was one of the highlights for the Rocksteady team. The way that Penguin has always been portrayed is as a quiet, aristocratic, well-spoken gentleman who's got the twisted delusions of grandeur, he says. So we've made him a really horrible, nasty piece of work, but still with the delusion of grandeur. He dresses well, but in a poor taste. And we've made him this brutish, brutal guy, but also a key into collection fascination that has that he's had throughout the years. Also, the paper mentioned that Black Mask and Mr. Freeze would be appearing in the game, although it is unknown if they if this was assumed or if this was confirmed by Ginn. Uh, the UK magazine Game Masters posted up an article in their most recent issue about the game and laid out a couple more details. As far as gang and faction wars, Arkham City's gang wars aren't dynamic like an RTS. Uh, it does compare them to Ivy's influence on the environment in Arkham Asylum. As a faction takes control in the story, it changes the nature of the district. Gang wars aren't a game system, it's a narrative system. As far as the Penguin, Penguin has no bird-like mannerisms. First missions involving Penguin has you rescuing police officers from his museum. Penguin has a Cockney accent. What? Pengu Penguin lines include your ear for the cops, Batman, or me. If someone wants it, I like to think I got it. And if I don't have it, I'll get it. Penguin then orders his thugs to take out Batman. Thugs throw things at Batman only for him to catch them and throw them back. And then we find out about the Ambrovichichi uh, twins. Now this is the one-armed thug that we previously saw as the Joker's new lieutenant. Uh, it turns out that the Penguin also has a one-armed thug. And the two one-armed thugs were actually conjoined twins at one time. And now they work for different villains of Gotham City. <laughs> That sounds, honestly, in my opinion, like classic Paul Dini. Um, on May 25th, the magazine PSM3 in the UK released 
the their their newest issue, which features Penguin on the cover. Um, they also said inside the magazine that Penguin is running out of Gotham's Natural History Museum and has been in Arkham City from the start, ignoring Mayor Sharp's request to leave the area. Also, the magazine goes on to say that Mr. Freeze is confirmed for the game as well. Again, this is the magazine making the statement and not anybody from Rocksteady. So, Penguin. Uh, we pretty, we're pretty sure this was going to happen anyway, but uh, now we have at least confirmation from Rocksteady that it is, in fact, happening. Cockney accent, huh? That, that killed me. That really did. And a one-armed lieutenant. It sounds crazy, to be honest. I mean... I kind of like my penguin to be kind of like simple and not very multi-layered, just because I don't think he. I'm not his effectiveness as a Batman villain kind of varies. So I suppose if they make him interesting, that's always a good thing. But they're making him interesting in a more radical way. I think. I mean, I really, I really have to see how this is going to work out because I'm not. I mean, this is this is. I'm not gonna say this sounds like the worst thing ever, but it sounds weird. And I'm going to have to see some gameplay first before I really make a, uh, a judgmental call on it, personally. Um, I think the Cockney accent might actually work as long as I don't go down the Dick Van Dyke, Mary Poppins, <laughs> Hello, Mary Poppins kind of thing, because that's going to be terrible. Um, I think hopefully they'll do... I don't know if, if you guys in America have ever seen it, but there's a film called Snatch, and there's also a film uh, called Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Uh, they're both by Guy Ritchie, and they're if it goes down that kind of Cockney accent, which is quite gravelly, kind of menacing, I think actually it could work. But I mean, if obviously, if you, I don't know, have you seen those films? Did they come out in a Yes, I've heard of them. I've seen both of those films. I actually own both of those films as well. They're great movies. And if they did go down that route, that would be the correct route to go down. If uh, they went down the Mary Poppins route, that would be the wrong direction. I don't mind. They might as well have Michael Caine voicing. Hopefully they know the correct way to go. Alright, the next bit is from May 25th. Over at the official Facebook page for Batman Arkham City, they released the first image of the first challenge map for the game and it looks like it will be called the Joker's Carnival challenge map and this will be available exclusively to those who pre-order their game from GameStop very very uh, small image it just shows some bumper cars and you know basic carnival stuff you see a ferris wheel in the background I'm sure the actual bumper car arena is where the actual challenge will be taking place the other bit and last bit of uh, video game news is f- also from May 25th. This is the one that I kind of wanted to talk about. Uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier with with uh, Robin appearing in Batman Arkham City. Well, it turns out that IGN is now stirring up the pot and delivering a new thought on why Robin will appear. This is what they state. During a demo for the Batman Arkham City, we caught sight of a poster. It advertised the Flying Graysons with the words cancelled stamp across it. The tragedy has already happened, but how long ago? It seems that it seems likely that young Dick Grayson is now under the care of Bruce Wayne, but it's uncertain if he's already assumed the role of Robin. Now we have to clear now that we have a clear view of the poster and a number of evasive answers from game manager Dax Skin, who agreed that a tragedy did happen to the poor Graysons and their show has most definitely been cancelled. 
This could mean Dick Grayson or Robin might show up in Arkham City, or it could be a tease for our third Batman game, one that features the dynamic duel. We probably won't have that answer for some time. After all, Batman Arkham City isn't even out yet. Expect it in October when we at least know if Dick Grayson or his alter ego will make an appearance in 2011. Now that's what they say. Now this is our, this is specifically my take on this. Now as much as any Bat fan would love to see Dick Grayson in Batman Arkham City, it may be a little off to predict things like Grayson becoming Robin for the third game. Mm-hmm. As much as Rocksteady has enhanced the universe of Batman that they have done with very little change to it. That being said, it would be awfully odd if Dick Grayson was not has not already been Robin in the game's continuity since we already know that Oracle exists and has appeared via Comlink during Batman Arkham Asylum. While it's great to think that Batman teaming with other members of the Bat Family, this poster seems to be to be meant as an Easter egg and not a clue as Grayson's version of Robin will come into existence in either Arkham City or the possible third game. So, it's... This is... Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. You're, you're exactly right. Because, like, first of all, like you said, Oracle is was in the first game. And there's one... It's one thing to have background before Robin. It's another thing to have Oracle before Robin, you know? So, that's, that's impossible. Secondly... Paul Dini is writing this game. If there is a third one, I can't imagine him not writing it. I think I give Paul Dini. I mean, we've been kind of like uh, back and forth on Paul Dini's credibility as a writer, and uh, just doesn't just, just in the comic cast. I give the guy way more credit than to have him write the origin of Bat of Robin occurring after all this stuff's already gone down and Batman's uh, subsumed history. I he he has a lot more common sense than that. So I think it's just an Easter egg. I mean, it could mean a Robin appearance, but to assume that it's going to show the, the origin of Dick Grayson as Robin is just it. The game, the game can't possibly be that stupid. Yeah, I I agree with you guys. It's definitely an Easter egg. I doubt they'll have Robin in it. I think Oracle's about as far as they'll go. It wouldn't really make sense from what we know of the game as well um, to have Robin in there. I always thought the whole purpose of the game was this was Batman going on its own, showing how tough he was, pushing himself to the limit. So to have Robin there as well strikes me as a bit odd. Also, it's quite easy to explain away why that poster's there. When it was part of the city and people lived in there, they probably put the poster up. But now it's overrun with criminals. They're probably not sending people with posters regularly down to advertise the next kind of circus that's coming along. Yeah, at this point, I think, uh, you know, we're all awaiting news from E3 as far as Batman Arkham City, and I think that's, I think they're starting to kind of reach and stretch for the news, and that's why this little bit of news came out. They did get the poster, uh, a version of the poster, so you can check that out on the website, Um, but that's all video game news. Holy complications! So let's get into general news. Only two things, May 16th, Batman Live opened up a online store for merchandise related to the World Arena Tour. Right now, there are kids' t-shirts, adult t-shirts, and mugs available, so you can purchase them on their website, which you can get the link on our website. Just look for BL Merchandise Now Available. The other bit of Batman Live news is on May 19th, Batman Live released their first TV spot for the upcoming World Arena Tour, and based on the TV spot, it, it, it does make those characters that uh, kind of looked a little hokey uh, look a little bit better at least. 
So you can check that out on our YouTube page, which you can go to The Batman Universe, no spaces under YouTube, and we have the TV spot up there for you as well. All right, so that is all of the news. Let's get into rumors. I am vengeance. I am the night. I am Batman. Now, as I said, there's a ton of rumors to go over because obviously there's the, the filming has already begun for The Dark Knight Rises. So it's going to be a little bit of a stretch to go through every single one of these. I'm going to go through some of these and some of the other ones we're actually going to uh, discuss a little bit more at length. But for the most part, a lot of these are very quick. Don't really add anything newsworthy, but if it does, then we'll obviously talk about it. So, the very first thing we've got comes on May 2nd. We had a little bit of news about Roz's wife and the shooting schedule. Um, according to Badass Digest, they post up a brief story that, that they are filming in Jodhpur and has determined that it might be because of Ra's al Ghul. A source that says that they are currently looking to cast someone for the role of Ra's al Ghul's wife. This is what they say. My sources who have been pretty good so far tell me that they're casting Ra's al Ghul's wife right now. We may get a serious look back at the life of Ra's. Um, there is another rumor on Batman on Film that says their source shared information with them laying out the shooting schedule as well as a couple of other minor things. As far as the shooting schedule, it says the shoot in India is a short one. Filming in Pittsburgh is only going to last about three weeks. Back overseas for a shoot in the UK and then they are probably headed to New York City. Most of the filming looks to be taking place in LA studio soundstage work he assumes. In addition to the shooting schedule, their source also said that the official synopsis may be released soon. So, in regards to all of this, we still don't have any kind of rumor furthering the Ra's al Ghul. The shooting schedule was off because they went from India to the UK and are headed to Glasgow after that. Um, and then the official synopsis, obviously we haven't had that yet either. On May 4th, Marion Cotillard added a little fuel to the fire stating that her character is completely secret, as is the whole project, so she's adding a little bit more speculation as to who she's actually playing in The Dark Knight Rises, since her character was announced, and now she's stating in an interview that the entire role is so secret. So, uh, who knows. The next thing we've got is on May 6th, there was a number of different images from the shoot in Jodhpur that were posted online. I'm not gonna, I don't really want to go over these at length because it does do a little bit of a spoil, a uh, possible spoiler. I'll just say it references uh, some things related to Ra's al Ghul. If you want to know more about that, check out the website because I don't want to ruin anything for anybody who doesn't want to know anything about what's going on. On May 10th, BatmanNews.com posts up information that the Dark Knight Rises was heading to the UK to film at the same building that they filmed the Dark Knight using uh, the, the building that they used for the Gotham, the Major Crimes Unit uh, location. That's where they're filming next. That actually was true, and that filming has actually already taken place. On May 12th, LA Times posted up a story describing a possible feud between Warner Brothers and Legendary Pictures. They're basically stating that uh, Warner Brothers wants a little bit more piece of the Batman film as well as future films in the future instead of teaming 50-50 with Legendary Pictures specifically because the Batman films have been successful. Warner Brothers wants a little bit more money out of that. 
the catch is that uh, there's supposedly the Dark Knight Rise is going to be costing about $250 million to create. And uh, that's where the, the actual problem lies. Warner Brothers would have to deal out more money if they wanted a bigger return. But that's not going to probably happen for the Dark Knight Rises. So who knows? On May 13th, a mad scientist supposedly was cast. Uh, Israeli actor by the name of Alan Aboutbul was interviewed and asked a question as to his role in the new Batman film. Is complete is specifically difficult to understand exactly because the entire interview was translated and it was translated pretty bad. But uh, specifically, he said he's playing a mad scientist in The Dark Knight Rises. So of course, people would jump on this bandwagon and say that has more to do with Hugo Strange. Moving into the next one, May sixteenth, uh, there's a bunch of pictures from the shoot in London, including Gotham City Police Department SWAT and police vehicles. You can check that out. According to Marion Cotillard, she spoke with a French radio station stating that she is shooting Christopher Nolan's Batman, and it's a very small role and very comfortable one for a new mother. Again, who knows if that's actually to be true or not. Uh, on May 17th, a number of different things. There's a picture floating around online about Anne Hathaway sporting brown hair with blonde highlights. This is actually a picture from March, so that's not recent, so that's false. Hollywood Chicago has a source reporting the following... Security has told me if we want to see something, we should show up around 2 p.m. tomorrow. I'm not going to even bother reading the rest because 2 p.m. happened and nothing occurred. Um, <laughs> Diego Kaltenhoff was uh, cast in The Dark Knight, as previously mentioned in a previous rumor mill, and that looks like it's true because he was appe- he appeared in London in costume and uh, obviously, obviously at this point has been cast in the film. BatmanNews.com has received images of not only the Gotham Police vehicles, but also a motorcycle. Could we see something similar to what we saw in The Dark Knight with Bruce Wayne on a motorcycle? Time will tell. On a separate note, our own source has talked with a moving company called Car Movers, who have claimed that they moved a vehicle for The Dark Knight Rises. The owner of the company described it as a villain vehicle, a large, unusual people carrier. So could it be Bane's vehicle or a vehicle to transport the League of Shadows? We'll see in the future. On May 18th, the big news was a lady in the pink dress. There was a video that was posted about on YouTube of a guy kind of filming around the area that The Dark Knight Rises was filming. And he noticed a woman coming out of the building in a pink dress. No idea whether or not that has anything to do with it or not. On May 19th, that character, that rumor we heard about Alan about Bull. Uh, probably ended up being true because he appeared in the location that they were filming in London as well, so he probably is going to be in the film. Next bit we've got comes a little bit more stuff. Um, On May 20th, a bunch of new things. Variety reported yet even more cast members have been added to The Dark Knight Rises, including Matthew Modine, Tom Conti, and Joey King, all said to have smaller roles in the film. Modine is said to be playing a character called Nixon. Um, pure speculation from me is that Joy King could be playing the new Babs Gordon in the film since she would line up with the age of the character that we saw in The Dark Knight Rises. There's also a ton of pictures of the Gotham Police online as well as an interesting spot of some of the costumes, one of them labeled Sewer Thug. 
so over at IMDb, IMDb, there was a bit that posted about Bane's origin. Again, I'm not going to go over that because that actually could ruin some stuff for some people if you're trying not to find out about Bane. Take a look at the website for that. On May 23rd, there is a some news about a possible teaser trailer being attached to Harry Potter, the final Harry Potter, which hits theaters in July. Um, this would be something very similar to what we saw in 2007 with the teaser trailer for The Dark Knight attached initially to the Harry Potter film as well that came out the year prior to The Dark Knight. Um, this it could end up being true. It won't, it's not going to show us any footage. It'll be a simple teaser trailer probably revealing the voices of the characters or something like that, similar to what we saw with The Dark Knight teaser as well. There's also another image popping online about uh, some more uh, viral marketing stuff having to do with Catwoman. It's completely false, so don't even buy into it. Uh, on May 24th, more characters supposedly were added. Brett Cullen and Chris Ellis were added to the film. And the last bit of rumors we have comes on May 26th. According to Highland News, the production company for The Dark Knight Rises has signed a deal with the Inverness Airport. Uh, there is little known about the deal other than the footage will be shot in the next couple of weeks. Over at ThatManNews.com, they came across a tweet by the mayor of Newark, New Jersey, that says that he has met with some of Nolan's team to discuss possible scenes being filmed there as well. Uh, Matthew Mondine is supposedly could be a, playing a politician and a key villain in the film, according to Showbiz411, and a tweet they posted up. And over at comicbookmovie.com, there is an article about a video that's posted up on YouTube under the username The Fire Rises. It has the same exact audio from the initial uh, viral marketing that took place, but this time also has visuals as well, showing a number of police vehicles and emergency vehicles responding. My take on that is, again, this is, this is something somebody's making up to screw with people. <laughs> That's the rumors. Uh, try to breeze through those as quick as possible. There's a ton of them out there. The best way to keep up with these and to get more details on what everything I just talked about is to go onto the website and go over to the movie editorial section and take a look at that. All right. So as as time goes on, obviously there's going to be tons more rumors. Uh, at this point, it's almost becoming a, almost a daily daily routine writing up an article about all the rumors that are spreading across the internet. And uh, so you can always check those out on the website. So with that being said, let's get into our spotlight character, which, as I mentioned earlier, is Catman. This is a little bit larger of a spotlight character, but uh, we had a request for this character, so we're going to cover this character. Magnificent, isn't it? Catman. Big game hunter Thomas Blake grew bored and sought new challenges, turning to crime and adopting the costume persona of the Catman. He then became an enemy of the, of the Batman and subsequently a dangerous opponent to anyone who crossed his path. This was in Detective Comics number 311, January of 1963. On Earth-1, the famous jungle cat trapper earned and squandered a fortune, the first of many up-and-down cycles that would plague Blake throughout his adult life. While in Africa, he obtained a cat skin that was said to provide the wearer with eight extra lives, like a true cat was said to have. He had the skin modified into a costume, inspired by the costume worn by Gotham City's felon Catwoman. Blake was inspired to become Catwoman when he overheard a chance conversation saying that if he and Bruce Wayne were so bored, they should put on costumes and fight each other. 
As Catman, Blake wore a yellow costume and tights with orange gloves, boots and a cowl, plus the catskin cape. The orange initials CM were emblazoned on his chest. He initially carried an orange satchel, a kit bag that included various Batman-inspired tools from a cat line to a catarang. Catwoman initially resented Catman and went so far as to partner with Batman to apprehend him. They engaged in a friendly rivalry for some time until the world was wiped out during the crisis on Infinite Earth. Despite his failures as a criminal, Catman continued to operate in Gotham City, prompting Robin to wonder why he didn't relocate to a city without a superhero. Batman reminded him that Catman was irresistibly attracted to Batwoman. She once gave in to her mixed feelings toward Blake and began a whirlwind romance, even forsaking her Batwoman costume in favor of Catwoman outfit. But it did not last. That was in Detective Comics number 318, July 1963. After being freed, Blake immediately resumed his criminal career as Catman, once more crossing paths with Catwoman as they both sought a cat-themed object. His goal was to create an independent island nation as a hideaway for criminals in exchange for a percentage of their loot. This was in Detective Comics number 322-324 from 1963-1964. Their relationship continued despite Blake's several near-death experiences, culminating with his spending a year as a fugitive until Batman, Robin, and Batwoman finally apprehended him in Detective Comics number 325, March 1964. Batman be eventually became convinced of the cape's magical properties, which had seemingly saved not only Blake, but also Catwoman from certain death on more than one occasion. In prison, Blake shared a cell with an inmate named Collins, who learned all about the costume and its magic. At one point, Collins stole the outfit and became the new Catman for a period of time, although he fared no better against the Dark Knight detective, and that was in Batman 371 May 1984. Blake regained his costume and resumed his career only to meet defeat at the hands of Manhunter. That was in Manhunter number 13, May 1989. In the single universe post-crisis, Blake debuted, Blake debuted as Catman, wearing a cloak that was sourced not from Africa, but a South Sea cult. Blake journeyed to a South Sea island, bored and hungry for new experiences. He stayed with a native tribe and studied its worship of a sacred cat, despite the cult's prohibition against non-natives and those under the age of 35. One night, after the cult members drank a native potion and entered a trance-like state, Blake entered their hut and stole the cat statue and the cloth that it was wrapped in, both said to possess magical energy. That was in Batman Shadow of the Bat, number 43, October 1995. Catman proved to be somewhat chauvinistic towards women an attitude that ultimately caused Catwoman, with whom he was briefly partnered, to rebel against him. Later, the South Seas cult Council of Three hired her to gain the cloak for them, but she failed and instead delivered them a fake. Along, with, along the way, Blake began to realise how unfulfilling being a criminal was. He grew to hate the constant relocation and, and sought a way for Blake to vanish and Catman to be out of the way. Despite his most fervent hopes, he wound up aiding Batman and Catwoman in stopping a plan by the rat catcher that threatened Gotham. Catman was resigned to his criminal ways until he could afford to retire. Blake continued as a minor criminal threat to Batman, rarely taken seriously. In fact, he was in a group known as the Misfits, including Killer Moth and Calendar Man, seeking to make names for themselves but failing in the process. Blake recruited a man named Chancer to join them, believing he too was lucky and would help the team. 
This was in Batman Shadow of the Bat, number 7 and 9, December 1992 to February 1993. While other criminals were ready to kill, Catman was not. He assured police officer Sarah S. N. Gordon that no harm would befall Mayor Armand Kroll, Commissioner Gordon, or millionaire playboy Bruce Wayne, unaware that Killer Moth was ready to execute them the minute the $10 million ransom was received. Blake's moral code was evident time and again, such as when he refused the demon Neron's offer for enhanced abilities in exchange for his soul. Later, when he was once more in Blackgate Penitentiary, the prison was cracked open by an earthquake, and rather than flee, he saved a fellow inmate from being killed by the KG Beast. That was in Batman Blackgate Isle of Men number 1, 1998. Free for good, Blake left Gotham rather than be trapped there when the government cut off aid. He set out to achieve his goals of independence but first met defeat at the hands of the Black Condor, which was in Starman 80, June 2001, and was later seen trying to gamble his way to wealth at Roulette's illicit gambling den, The House. That was in JSA 28, November 2001. When Oliver Queen, the Green Arrow, died, Blake attended his funeral at the behest of the Enigmic Shade. After that, he seemed to have made his fortune and retired to obscurity, letting himself gain weight and get out of shape. This was in Green Lantern number 1, April of 2001. Queen returned to life and sought out Blake to understand what had happened at the funeral. They later had a sharp confrontation when Green Arrow caught Blake being abusive once more to a female companion. The fight ended when the, when the villain Warp appeared and snatched Blake. In Green Arrow number 20, dated March 2003. After finishing his unrecorded business with Warp, Blake decided to turn his life around. He lost the weight, regained his hunter physique, and returned to the jungle. At that time, the society had formed a coalition of supervillains determined to make a strike against the world's superheroes. Those who refused to join were the recipients of strong-arm tactics. In Blake's case, when he refused admission, the pride of lions he was near was killed by Deathstroke. Still, he remained independent until he was coaxed into joining a rogue operation led by a mysterious figure known as Mockingbird. Catman became a member of the Secret Six, working to thwart the Society's effort. While working alongside the Six, Blake came to learn that it was teammate Deadshot, not Deathstroke, who had killed the Lions at Mockingbird's behest. Catman lived up to his big game hunter's reputation, proving himself a fierce fighter and cunning tactician. During his battles with the Society, he actually managed to go toe-to-toe with the super ape Monster Mala. In his dealings with the Six and the Society, Blake made it clear he preferred being around people who were honest with themselves and true about their intentions. As a result, he and Deadshot and even Green Arrow came to develop understandings. His moral approach and manly physique intrigued fellow member Cheshire, who chose him to sire her second child, an unnamed son. He continued working with the Secret Six and on one mission developed a crush on the Huntress who promised to give him a chance once he went straight. One incarnation of Catman was rendered obsolete during the earliest reality-altering waves that became the Infinite Crisis. Here Blake became Catman during Batman's first two years in Gotham City. He was a serial killer, beginning with his mother, and sported a gray outfit closer to Catwoman's. Batman and Catwoman actually formed a truce in order to stop the killer. This was in Legends of the Dark Knight 46-49, June through August 1993. Catman has appeared in the form of Thomas Blake, not actually as Catman, but Thomas Blake in the new Batman Adventures. Um, he also appeared in a episode of Batman Brave and the Bold. 
the episode Legends of the Dark Might. He also has appeared in Superman Batman Public Enemies as one of the many villains trying to kill Superman. He appeared in Batman the Brave and the Bold video game, and he also was part of the Hostess ad campaign with comic books, or inside the comic books in the 1970s. Catman's ads was for the Hostess Cupcakes, because I'm sure they have the similar colors, that's probably why. And that is Catman, lots of stuff about Catman. Call him off! Alright, so now we get into our feature. This isn't going to be that long just because the rumor mill's getting to the point where we have to roll through that and even that takes a good good amount of time. But there's a bunch of different things uh, I want to go over. The first thing I want to go over is Batman Year One. That's coming out later this summer, but I've actually seen footage from this and that's because Warner Brothers sent, in, sent over a copy of Green Lantern Emerald Knights on Blu-ray for us to review for the site prior to the film actually being released in stores. And one of the special features is an exclusive first look at Batman Year One. Now this shows the four characters we've already seen previously announced. Um, James Gordon, Batman Bruce Wayne, uh, Sarah Essen, and Selina Kyle all voiced by their respective voice actors. Um, it shows them, you hear their voices, there's a number of storyboards shown, character uh, renders for the different characters appearing in it. But I've got to say, based on what I've seen, this and and this is this is something that you'll all find out in a mere mere week and a half from when you listen to this podcast and the movie releases. But this is really going to be possibly the first film to actually surpass any of the previous animated films. Under the Red Hood was was really good. We gave it high marks last year. But Batman Year One might, in fact, be the first film to be able to top not only Under the Red Hood, uh, Return of the Joker, Batman Beyond, in my opinion, but also Mask of the Phantasm, the original animated film. This... We've talked about this in the past. This movie is specifically... They've made it, made it very clear that they're trying to stay as true as possible to the source material. Frank Miller and David Mazzucchelli's story Batman Year One which appeared in the title series for Batman. This it looks amazing and there's not much that my co-hosts can say because they haven't seen this footage but it, it definitely looks interesting and if you if you at the very least if you don't buy Green Lantern Emerald Knights rent it so you can see the the ten and a half minute footage that they show of this film because It'll, it's it's amazing, and you'll get really hyped about it. It sounds really good, and, and also, I, I suppose it depends on how much you like uh, Batman Year One. If you're a Batman fan, chances are you really like Batman Year One, so that you are definitely going to be buying this uh, movie when comes out, and probably you probably will rent the, the Green Lantern Emerald Knights just to see this, because from what from what Dustin has told us, it sounds really really cool. It sounds like they're trying to be as faithful to it as possible, and really, that's the only way to go about it, because I'm, I'm not sure how they could make it better. And um, this is when Frank Miller was at his best with Batman, so I'm really excited for this. And I'm, I can't wait to look at the 10-minute uh, featurette, let alone the movie. I can't wait for this either. I think we were talking about it last podcast, and yeah, I completely agree with what both of you say. I think this is going to be amazing, and this probably will be my new favorite Batman film, even more the Batman versus Dracula. <laughs> even more than that? 
Even more than that. Wow. Alright, so that's that's that. The, the very quick discussion on that, just because I want to I want to start getting people excited about this film because everything I've seen is amazing. So th that's that. The other bit is the new website is live. If you have not gone over to the BatmanUniverse.net, you should you should take a look because uh, one of the things we specifically did was we streamlined a lot of different things on the website to make it more appealing towards fans who are coming there, but also get the news up and out there so that you can go to the homepage and see it. This site, we, we did so many different things behind the scenes to make this site work uh, specifically for large number of hits so that our servers don't go down as we get closer to the release of The Dark Knight Rises. But also, this site is specifically designed to also work in conjunction with cell phones. So if you go to the website using your mobile phone, um, using Android or your iPhone or any anything like that, it will actually work on your phone as well, and you'll be able to view things perfectly like you would be able to on the website as well. In addition to that, the biggest thing for the listeners of the podcast is that we fix the podcast feeds. We had a large problem with the podcast feeds um, towards the beginning of the year, even towards the end of last year. And we've been working, I'll just put it this way, we've been working on this new version of the site for probably a good year and a half. Not we, There's a lot of things that changed and different developers that came on board and then left and a lot of different things that uh, we, we've worked on to make this site happen. But we knew that the new version of the site was coming, so we tried our best to make the feeds work for the time being. But one of the things we didn't do was we didn't go back and bring all the old episodes back. So we have brought, we fixed the feeds. All the feeds should work now. In addition to that, all the feeds have all of the older episodes too. So you'll listening to episode 66 of the normal cast, you'll be able to see all 66 episodes in iTunes. In addition to that, the comic cast, which had a huge problem with the feed, that's fixed. All their episodes are up, but this is the best part. The specials kind of broke up. Um, we created the specials designed to bring you a number of different things, and then some of those elements that we brought on the specials became popular enough on our forums and on the website and through emails that we wanted to give those a little bit more of a, a feature spotlight kind of thing. So, we have a number of other feeds now, um, and these should also be appearing on iTunes, if not by the time you're listening to this very shortly, but there's a number of different feeds that we also now created. So, for if you read the comics, or you don't read the comics, and you want to get interested, or in, you want to, you want to, if you don't, if you don't read Batman comics, but you want to get into the comics, the best way to start the comics is by listening to... Nick on Bat Books for Beginners. That has its own feed now where you can listen to every episode of that show. That actually has over 50 episodes as well because he's been doing that in conjunction with the comic podcast since about episode 10. In addition to that, we also have a new feed for nothing but the Batman Universe commentary, bringing you all the live action films that we've done in the past, but also starting a week from the time this episode posts. So the second Friday of June, we will be posting the very first commentary for our animated commentary, as that is one of the things that we've been promising for about two years, 
that uh, is now completed. Every single one of these, you'll be getting a new episode every single week throughout the summer as we bring you those. We also have the Batman Universe interviews, which is all the interviews we've done in the past. We've added a couple of new episodes in there to include uh, some all of our coverage from San Diego and C2E2 over the past two years as well as kind of like an added bonus for those of you who are interested in that. And then the Villain Wall is still there, and the Villain Wall has its own feed as well. This is a unique special that Nick kind of created, and a number of lawyers have have uh, come on board and argued different cases. That'll be on the website as well, and we're in the process of forming an actual Villain Wall for the website to have these characters placed in their respective categories. The Batman Universe Specials is still around, but that's going to specifically uh, stick to our award show, um, blooper shows, sp holiday specials, different things like that. Also, we have a couple of other ideas for future specials that we're in the progress, or we're in the, we're in the stages of developing right now, um, specifically featuring specific topics that deserve specials. So tons of stuff. I'm also pleased to announce that we do have a two-part blooper show coming up that we'll also be posting to the website very shortly, probably within the next two weeks, so take a look for that. Tons of stuff going on. But the other thing is, one of the things we haven't had working on the website for probably about two years is you haven't been able to listen to the podcast episodes on the site. Now, not only can you listen to the episode on the site, you can listen to the episode on a player that you can actually open up into a new window like we originally wanted to. You can embed it onto your own site if you have your own site and you want to have other people hear it. But in addition to that, you can also listen to the latest one right at the top of the page on every single page. You can listen to the latest podcast that we release. So tons of new stuff going on on the BatmanUniverse.net. Take a look. Let us know your opinions. We made a specific section for everything. There's no longer specifically an editorial section. All, everything is combined under the one news feed. But then if you look at the menu bar, there's different categories. And everything's specifically categorized. Movie editorials have their own section. Movie news has their own section. That way you can still decipher what's, what's an editorial and what's news. So tons of stuff. The forums still won't change. But we're always looking for people to join the forums. So you can head over there and when you register shoot us an email to let us know that you're registering so we can make sure we get your account approved join the forums go back and listen to the old podcasts when Dustin's mic was weird and listen to Nick's Transformer Megatron voice it's brilliant let me just say we do everything that we do for the site and for the podcast for fans like you guys so we want to hear from you guys it would be great if you check out the site, you listen to this podcast, you download some of the old podcasts, and you listen to them, and you just get overcome by response, I guess is the best way to put it. And you email us and let us know exactly how you feel, what your comments, what your suggestions are, what you'd like to see in future episodes, what kind of specials you like, all that stuff, because that's what keeps us going. Your emails is what keep us going. This site is a huge project that has taken a lot of time from all of us. Everybody has contributed to this thing. Even staff members who are no longer around have parts that they've contributed to this site. 
So please take the time to email us at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net and let us know not only you know comments and concerns about the new site or the podcast, but also tell us why you enjoy coming to the site. Tell us why you like listening to the podcast. That Those kind of things keep us going. And that gives us the motivation to continue to bring you all of the Batman news, to continue to give you all of our time to make this all worth it. Uh, pump our egos. Yeah, exactly. Pump our egos. That's that's what fuels us. So, mm-hmm. with that being said, of course, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Twitter is at Batman Universe, and YouTube is The Batman Universe. You can find our fan page on Facebook just by typing in The Batman Universe. Um, join us on all of those sites. Twitter is going to become a huge aspect of what we're going to be doing in the future. If you follow us on Twitter, Twitter continues to become more and more popular when it comes to distributing news and throughout the day even though we can't necessarily get the 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 newest article and news bit on the site we can at least get it on twitter so that people can be directed to where they need to find the news so follow us on facebook twitter and youtube twitter we actually are approaching a thousand which is a huge milestone for us let's just get it let's just keep growing spread the news about the batman universe Email us, podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. And of course, check out the new site, thebatmanuniverse.net, for all your daily news related to everything we discussed on this podcast, as well as all the comic news as well. And the DC Universe Spotlight, which in June we are approaching Green Lantern Month, which will have uh, not only the Green Lantern animated film, but also the Green Lantern anim- or also the Green Lantern live action film, which will release on June 17th. So lots of stuff happening. Check out the site. Let us know how you what, what you think about it. So this is Dustin. This is Don. And this is John. You've been listening to the Batman Universe Podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Give us some feedback. Bye. <laughs>